0: You're listening to The Complete Human Podcast with me, Evan DeMarco.
1: And me, Janet Breslin.
0: A podcast where we combine our decades of experience as health and wellness experts to educate you on how to bio-optimize your way to becoming a complete human.
1: We're on a mission to inspire the necessary change we need to ensure a thriving existence for all. That's why with every episode, we bring you real science, deeper intelligence, and actionable takeaways in hopes of not only changing the trajectory of your health, but changing the trajectory of the entire human race. Are you ready to become a complete human?
0: Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Complete Human Podcast with your hosts, Jana Breslin and Evan DeMarco. Today, we get to tackle a subject that has been bothering us for some time. It's a subject that we both agreed to not touch for fear of coming off as insensitive or even cruel. But the truth is not addressing this issue and not facilitating a conversation around this topic has led to calamity.
1: Before we get to this incredible episode, we wanted to share another recent five-star review from one of our listeners. We wanted to thank Isha for writing this in, and she says, "'Lots of potential. I've followed Jana for years and thought a podcast was inevitable for her. Glad she chose Evan to work with. They complement each other very well. She's funny, quirky, and brings life to the show. Evan needs to loosen up more.'" He always sounds so serious, but clearly knows his stuff. How do you feel about that?
0: (laughs) Uh, well, first of all, thanks, Isha. Our goal is to bring as much value as we can to our listeners. So, you know. Sometimes that's serious. So, yeah, sometimes that's serious. Uh. I thought I think I'm funny, though.
1: I think you're funny, too. That's right. okay. That's a good review, though. All
0: right. So, Isha, uh, just for you, I'm going to leave a dad joke in every episode uh, moving forward. Again, thank you, Isha. And of course, please leave reviews for us. Leave us a note. We absolutely read every single one of those, and we want to make sure that we're bringing you the best content possible.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to take a quick minute to discuss glutamine in Complete Human's latest product launch. So for years, I've personally suffered with stomach issues. With all of my medical issues, I went through countless rounds of antibiotics, and it literally destroyed my gut. I started taking glutamine to heal my leaky gut, and it was one of the best choices I've made. Not only was it great for my stomach issues, but it was amazing for my workouts. Our fermented glutamine is great for helping post-workout recovery, helping support a healthy gut, and has been clinically proven to support a healthy immune response. Not only that, it's made right here in America. Head on over to CompleteHuman.com and use code PODCAST20 to save 20% on your first order of fermented glutamine. That's CompleteHuman.com with code PODCAST20.
0: Cool. So let's get into this. Now, a little bit of backstory here. Maybe about a year ago, I received an email advertisement from a lingerie company one that I'd purchased from in the past. And as I briefly scrolled through the ad, checking to see if any of the latest releases caught my attention is something I might want to give to you. <laughs> I was kind of caught off guard by a model who could only be described as morbidly obese. I was shocked. I-, I was actually appalled. Now, let me be explicitly clear on this before all of you go off on me for being an evil bastard. I was shocked and appalled at the company, not the model. I do not know that model personally and have no issue with her at all. In fact, it would be unfair for me to make any judgments about her as a person. My issue, and a very significant one at that, was that this company would change its marketing to include images of models perpetuating the acceptance of something so clearly unhealthy, especially in the middle of a pandemic where all of the available data suggests that obesity was the greatest contributing factor to negative COVID outcomes. This change in marketing is not unique to this lingerie company. Victoria's Secret has gone through a massive overhaul of its brand, getting rid of their trademark angels and replacing them with many plus-size models and ambassadors designed to create a more inclusive experience for consumers. This body positivity movement has taken hold of most companies looking to connect to consumers. Body positivity. That's what the marketing people call it. I call it a freaking disaster. Now again, before you light me up like a Christmas tree, let me declare that I believe we need more inclusion in all aspects of life. Whether you are black brown, pink with yellow polka dots, straight or gay doesn't matter one iota to me. But being obese does matter to me. And the biggest distinction between those two categories is choice. Being black is not a choice. Being gay is not a choice. Being obese is a choice.
1: And with a large percentage of Americans overweight or obese, we need to ask two questions. One, are these companies really trying to create an inclusive shopping experience or are they just pandering to the largest pun intended, demographic? unintended, Two, should these companies not be held responsible for creating an environment where people feel okay about being unhealthy? In 2020, drug-related overdose deaths were pegged at 70,000. Obesity-related deaths in the same year were calculated over 1 million, and that does not include the number of people overweight who died from COVID. Drug addiction, like obesity, seemed to begin very much the same way. A Big Mac and cocaine really impact the same parts of the brain. So why do we not see marketing geared towards inclusion of heroin or opioid addicts? In fact, why would the fast food companies not have to pay out in class action suits like Johnson & Johnson did for the opioid epidemic, or the cigarette companies for countless deaths related to their highly addictive products?
0: So we have a lot of science that we want to get into on this topic. And I think that this really needs to be nudged into a scientific realm, right? This is a scientific conversation. It's not necessarily an emotional one. Although we're going to create a lot of emotional backlash for this. But before we do, I want to ask your opinion on this. You know, you've been a leader in the health and wellness space for years. So how do you, as someone who's really been a proponent of healthy living, feel about this whole body positivity movement?
1: Yeah, I can respect the element of inclusion of all shapes and sizes, and I don't believe in shaming anyone. We can have different opinions and still respect one another. So I just want to start off with that. So my role over the last five years has been to encourage others to continuously be better and to continuously get better. The journey of health doesn't stop. This is a a daily practice. So what irritates me about the body positivity movement is an allowance of settling. Settling to avoid hard work. Settling to take the easy way out. Settling to have your cake and eat it too. Literally, body positivity in my eyes is an excuse to settle, unfortunately. You can be body positive, yet still make healthier choices and aim towards a tangible health goal every day. You can be body positive and inclusive of all shapes and sizes while still aiming towards the betterment of your health. The reason why we have such strong opinions on this topic is because of the science. If the science dictated that being overweight increases your health and lifespan, we would not be having this conversation. This also goes for the choice of malnourishing yourself and being underweight. If the science dictated that being malnourished and underweight increases your health and lifespan, we also would not be having this conversation.
0: It's an amazing point. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Thank you. I know that this is a tough one for, especially for you.
1: It is. No, yeah. I just, I feel like I have to be careful, but you know, this is. And here's the
0: thing. There was a, uh, like a salad company in the East Coast and the CEO basically said something similar to what we're saying. And he just gets, you know, he gets lit up. And so then he has to go back and pander to the audience. And one of the things that I want everybody to recognize is that there's not going to be an apology that comes after this, right? These are our opinions. And the last time I checked, this was still America. Freedom of speech gives us the opportunity to state how it is that we feel, what it is that we believe, and more importantly, to back that up with fact. So let's move on, because I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's Adele. You love Adele. I love Adele. Got to admit, I'm a huge fan of her music. But here's the thing. I, I usually limit my exposure to kind of like pop culture news. But I saw her weight loss journey, and I was really impressed. I was inspired by it. And see, here's the thing. I don't know the, the specifics of her. Like, I think it was like a 100-pound weight loss. But it would appear that she used proper diet and exercise. I don't think that she did like a stomach stapling or gastric bypass or anything like that. So I, it, it, was, it was really impressive to see that, right? And then I heard about the backlash. And I got to be honest, I lost my shit. There's this woman, Audra Williams, and we'll put this on the screen or, you know, put this in the notes. Audra Williams is a journalist, if you can actually call her that, out of Toronto, and she tweeted this, and I'm going to read this so I don't screw it up. Celebrating Adele's weight loss is a garbage thing to do for a million reasons. Here are two. Number one, it tells your fat friends you think their bodies are a problem to be solved. Number two, the weight loss could be the result of physical or mental health struggles. Weird to cheer about, end quote. All right, so I mean this in the nicest possible way, but Audra, you're a fucking idiot. We should be celebrating any human being who puts in the time and effort to improve their health and wellness, period. And if you really care about your friends, you should be telling them that their weight is a problem. Would you say something if your friends were injecting heroin into their veins? If not, are you even actually a friend? And if we learned anything from the science, your friend is more likely to die from being overweight than a drug overdose. And yes, Weight loss is the result of a physical struggle. It's called exercise Audra. That's a process of doing something physical instead of sitting in a chair, banging away on a keyboard, condemning people for celebrating health and wellness. You should be fucking ashamed of yourself
1: yeah, that's a very powerful
0: sorry i I went off on there
1: you did, but it's 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 important it's important to talk and about. she's
0: Canadian. she's supposed to be nice. <laughs> See Isha, I'm funny
1: <laughs> all right, all right, let's move on so. Obesity-related medical care costs in the United States in 2008 were an estimated $147 billion, with a B. Annual nationwide productivity costs of obesity run in the billions. As companies have jumped on the body positivity bandwagon, so have the vultures looking for their fair share of economic benefit. Take intuitive eating, a diet fad that seeks to get people comfortable with their bodies while listening to what their bodies want to eat. Well, guess what? If you're overweight, you might be addicted to food that is bad for you. Food manufacturers have done an amazing job of creating food that is highly addictive. Of course, your body wants chocolate cake. I would gladly sit around and eat Oreos all day long if they were healthy. But guess what? They're not.
0: I, I want to get on the Oreo diet.
1: I did see there were some gluten-free Oreos at the, the store. Maybe that's a little, little middle ground there.
0: Yeah, but in moderation. <laughs> in
1: moderation. So maybe what we all need is some vegetables and clean protein.
0: I think that's a great plan. Well, here's my thought on this. Like Body positivity is the modern day adult equivalent of the participation trophy. It's our attempt to make everyone feel special and loved. Well, in my opinion, it's not up to society to do that. It's the individual's job to make themselves feel accepted and loved.
1: Now, I think most can agree that the technological age has made that more difficult. Social media can be a cruel place. Just look at what Audra said about Adele. But the solution is not to make people feel better about things that are proven to be unhealthy and deadly, but to encourage healthy transformation.
0: You see, human beings instinctually know that being overweight is unhealthy. Think back to our caveman days when all of the tribe was sitting around the fire enjoying a healthy diet of roots and berries. Yum yum, not Oreos. (laughs) So saber-toothed tiger descends on the pack and everyone is running and are fighting for their lives. Carrying extra weight meant that you were an easier target for the big cat. It meant that you were a liability for the tribe.
1: Things haven't changed much in the last 10,000 years. Right now, being overweight presents a much greater liability to the tribe. Obesity plays a role in viral shedding of COVID-19, meaning people who are obese have a higher probability of infecting more. One study showed that obese adults can shed the virus 42 times longer than lean individuals. As we look to develop herd immunity and limit the number of mutations, Obesity plays an important role in preventing that. Research after research study shows that obesity is the number one contributing factor to bad COVID outcomes. And in a country where over 40% of the population is obese and 80% overweight, body positivity might be the thing that ultimately kills us all.
0: Yeah, I keep thinking back to the interview that we did with Dr. Tina and, and you know, she talks a lot about this. And and it's not just the viral shedding, right? But it's also that vaccines historically have not been as effective in an obese population. So now we've got this twofold problem of more viral shedding, which, you know, if you're holding the virus longer, there's a greater probability of mutation and the vaccine isn't going to work on you. So all of our ammunition that we're throwing at this is all for naught when we are sitting in the muck and mire of this obesity epidemic. And, and that's really what it boils down to, right? It's COVID is not a viral epidemic. It's an obesity epidemic. Anyway, all of this got me thinking about that movie, WALL-E, which is one of my daughter's favorite movies. It's a great movie. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's a story about a robot left on Earth to clean up the mess that humans made of the planet. There's this Costco-like store in the movie called By and Large, which is simultaneously the culprit for the Earth's demise and its inevitable savior by whisking people off to a fun-filled vacation in space while these little robots clean up the mess. The movie is a fascinating look at what the future becomes when things like body positivity are allowed to grab a foothold in society. We see people floating around in their hover chairs, talking at each other and not with each other. We see them consuming liquid calories and mass to the point that they become more gelatinous blobs than human beings. The people at Pixar might have had a crystal ball when they came out with that movie. WALL-E came out in 2008, and it seemed more like a cautionary tale than a fictional movie for kids. And now, some 13 years later, I look around and realize that we're well on that path. Bezos, Branson, and Musk are trying to colonize the stars, perhaps recognizing that humanity is looking like a failed experiment. So instead of by and large, we have Amazon and Costco. But guess what, boys and girls, there is no place for the obese in this new world spacefaring order. Our effort to move beyond this planet we seem hell-bent on destroying will require healthy people. With medical resources being in short supply in the vast emptiness of deep space, only the strong will be capable of colonizing the stars. And for those stuck on the ground and hoping the government of the United States, a government largely to blame for the obesity epidemic, is going to help, well, I think we can forget about that.
1: So one of the reasons is that, that this show was a difficult one for us to decide to do was that we know how polarized the world is, right? Some will adamantly agree with us and point fingers yelling that obese and overweight people are to blame for all the issues. Many will say that we are just two in-shape people bullying those who are more obese than us in some vain effort to create a world of supermodels. Neither are true. The mission of Complete Human really is to educate and inspire healthier people for a healthier planet And that begins, unfortunately, with undoing a lot of the really bad decisions that have brought us to the inevitable brink. We are staring into the great abyss of our own demise and body positivity will only create momentum in the wrong direction.
0: So we come back to the original questions from the beginning of the show. Number one, are these companies really trying to create an inclusive shopping experience or are they just pandering? I think the obvious answer is yes. And two. Should these companies not be held responsible for creating an environment where people feel okay about being unhealthy? That, at least in our opinion, is an absolute yes. You see, COVID has stripped us of the illusions that we had about the security of our infrastructure. In the opinion of many academics, doctors, and qualified scientists, some of which have been on this show, many of which are not the people that you see on Instagram or social media, is that if we weren't such an obese and overweight society, we would not have suffered as greatly if metabolic health determines health outcomes in COVID, then it's easy to connect the dots between an unhealthy society and bad health outcomes. So now we come to the solution part of the show. With the government needing to fund our existence to the tune of trillions of dollars, I think it's only fair that companies perpetuating an unhealthy existence should not be entitled to government funds or our continued patronage.
1: The slippery slope is where do you draw the line? Lingerie companies using morbidly obese models to sell clothing is a clear distinction of what should not be happening. But what about McDonald's or Taco Bell? What about Coke and Pepsi? One Big Mac and a Coke isn't necessarily going to lead us floating in our hover chairs in space, but the daily consumption of that Big Mac and Coke absolutely will put us on that path. How do we determine which companies are responsible for perpetuating our Wally-like existence?
0: Several states have implemented taxes on caloric sweetened drinks with the hope of helping reduce consumption. Now, in 2017, the New Zealand Institute for Economic Research reviewed 47 studies investigating the effectiveness of sugar taxes and were unable to find evidence that any sugar tax actually implemented anywhere in the world has led to improvements in health. I want to restate that, right, because that's pretty profound, is that 47 studies investigating the effectiveness of sugar taxes were unable to find any evidence anywhere in the world that these taxes led to improvements in health. Now, most importantly, we have to ask the question of where is that tax going? In most cases, those tax revenues are not being invested into any type of health education, but going to a general fund where politicians can decide what happens with the money. Once again, a clear-cut case of a government win. Hopefully, you can pick up on my sarcasm from that one, Isha. I apologize. (laughs) You're trying to be funnier.
1: You're doing well. (laughs) So education is the path forward, right? So why not use those funds to begin educating kids at the earliest of ages on how to eat, how to exercise, how to use mindfulness as a tool in the toolbox to better health? If we want to create punitive consequences for poor choices like drinking soda, do it in the form of insurance premiums where people who test healthy are grouped together and people who test unhealthy are grouped together and their insurance rates are based on their group. Of course, this is where the asshats start yelling, BMI is not the way to determine your health. True, but we are well beyond that archaic measurement. Blood work and metabolic health tests will give us an accurate picture of a person's health. You want to pay significantly less for insurance, obtain a diagnostic profile worthy of that. Those specific markers are the only body positivity I'm interested in. And guess what? Those markers have nothing to do with how you look, what your BMI is, or what type of lingerie you wear. A couple of those key markers for those of you that are interested, we've listed here. So I will go ahead and read those off. So the first one we have is body fat. The current acceptable range of body fat is 25 to 31% for women and 18 to 25% for men. When has acceptable ever been the benchmark we aim for? That's a C in your high school English class. Fitness level is where we should be aiming 21 to 24% for women and 14 to 17% for men. The next one is C-reactive protein. Anything above 0.3 milligrams per deciliter is high. A1c, your marker for diabetes and prediabetes. 5.7 or lower is considered normal. Cholesterol, total cholesterol of less than 190 is ideal with LDL lower than 100 and HDL higher than 60. Waist circumference, less than 38 for men and less than 33 for women. And of course, this is just a small sampling of the things that we can test that would ultimately lead to metabolic issues and disease. But having all of these tests in an optimal range would be a really solid indication of good health.
0: You see, body positivity started as a man's quest to help his wife feel better about her weight and has turned into a movement that is enabling people to be unhealthy and demand that they be accepted for their choices. Not only is the body positivity movement dangerous, it undermines the work that people put into their health. It is the opposite of self-love. Self-love acknowledges that we are all never-ending works in progress and that we love ourselves while on the journey towards self-improvement. Body positivity is a weird form of self-loathing that reinforces bad decisions by demanding that someone be accepted for their looks. So here at Complete Human, we focus on self-love, on daily hard work, both on ourselves and in the world we live in. Complete Human is a journey. It is a practice, and like anything, the more we practice, the better we get. Body positivity is a purgatory, a wasteland where the potential of each human goes to die. Its mayor is probably Audra, That self-proclaimed journalists spouting platitudes about body positivity and how we all need to be offended when someone makes the tough decision to better themselves and follows that decision up with the tough work. It's easy to fling mud from the cheap seats, Audra. It's hard to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I choose to better myself. I choose health. I choose me. I choose the planet. So here is our final request. If this show has in any way made an impression on you. If you believe that body positivity is a dangerous road to chronic health issues and a long road with COVID or the next virus, use your wallet to support a return to a world where we embrace health and wellness. Don't patron companies that pander. Be willing to have the hard conversations with others and, most importantly, yourself. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got. This was a short one today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Complete Human with your hosts,
1: Jana Breslin
0: and Evan DeMarco. Make sure to subscribe to Complete Human on whatever platform you listen. And please leave us a review. As Isha found out earlier in the show, we listen to them, we read them, and hopefully I'll get funnier.
1: (laughs) We're also just very appreciative and grateful. So thank you guys for supporting the show and leaving really nice, positive reviews. We love reading them and we appreciate all of them.
0: Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you, you everyone.